Steve the Cookout Coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. But listen, Laverne, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. Welcome to the second hour. Hey, it's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about only the most high-level, important items of the barbecue and grilling community through the course of the week, the last few weeks, the last few months. If it still makes sense to talk about in the live fire industry, we're going to hit it no matter what. Like it or love it, you better gang way. Still to come on this show this evening, Sam the Cooking Guy and Chris Young from Combustion Inc. will round out the guest segments here. By the way, this show being brought to you and originating from... Palm City, USA, Cleveland. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch via YouTube slash rd rempy where of course we do have the youtube poll question of the week going on and we'll recap that here in just one second also we are live on clubhouse as well so if you'd rather hear us instead of watching us great way to get the show audibly without having to do any of the visibility stuff and by the way if you're just a podcast listener you got to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast in order to do that And you're going to want to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast as we talk about what's happening here. By the way, if you're just tuning in to the show now, you've missed the whole first hour, but that show will be, I'm sorry, that hour will be released here early tomorrow morning. Second hour will be released on Thursday, and I'll tell you about Friday here in just one second. Let's update the YouTube question of the week or poll of the week or whatever we're going to be calling it these days. How much would you spend... On a standalone flat top cooker, three hundred to four hundred and ninety nine dollars, five hundred to six hundred and ninety nine dollars, or seven hundred to one thousand dollars, or there is no budget when it comes to barbecue, and it looks like there has been a small change. Eighty five percent of you now are saying it is in the three hundred to four ninety nine range. How about that? So that price level has been holding firm. And I think our audience, a fervent group of live fire enthusiasts of all sorts, propane, pellet, throwing sticks, charcoal driven and all forms in between, electric, sure, why not? 85% won't broach the $500. Now, you'll broach $500 if it's $499 plus tax, but just straight up before tax, nobody's looking to really broach over $500 except 5% of you, which is not an alarming individual number. And then 10% are saying $700 to $1,000. I'm sorry, uh, 10% are saying there's no budget whatsoever. I would love to see what you're buying. Sometimes I think in these polls, maybe we're getting a little aggressive or we're anonymous. And so we're just going ahead and being a disruptor for disruptors sake. So if you're buying a $10,000 standalone flat top, I want to see it. A, I want to see the receipt, and B, I want to see video or send me pictures because you are then living the true firm. There is no budget when it comes to barbecue. So $300 to $499 seems to be where the sweet spot is, and we'll continue to watch that trend here through the rest of the show. And as we end the show this evening, coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 272, 
which is from March 8th, 2011. So believe it or not, 12 years ago. It'll be just a shade over 12 years ago. I mean, can you believe it? I'm trying to think in this chat who's been with me for 12 years. Kinger's probably the one that's closest to being around for 12 years. Jason, when did you start listening to the show? Jason takes a break. Jason's been around the show for so long. He takes hiatus from the show and then he comes back and then he re-hiatuses. He does Booze Teen and then has to take time away because maybe Booze Teen brought some heat from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I can't confirm that. I can't deny it. But bringing you back to March 8th of 2011, who's in this Best Moments show? Well, we journey back to a time where I did something when the show was only an hour long. There was a number of years in the beginning where the show was one hour, especially when I had started the live shows on what was then LA Talk Radio, or BBS Talk Radio was transitioned into LA Talk Radio. It was technically a 55-minute show. Now, eventually, we've grown into the two-hour charade that it is now. And in fact, at points of this life, we also added a Wednesday show for some undetermined amount of time. I don't actually remember doing a Wednesday show, but it's in the archives somewhere. John Solberg confirms that there was a uh, an additional day of shows for some period of time. But as we journey back... We did something called the fourth segment free-for-all, which was the very last segment of the show. I had four or five companies that contacted me and said, hey, we'd love to participate in your show in some way. We have some things that we would like to give away, and we would be honored if you so. We had somebody that had like wine-infused wood chunks. We had uh, El Capitan tri-tip seasoning. And Cosmos Q was a giver away of products at that point in time. Remember, again, 12 years ago at this point. Now, if it's free, it's me. Rule number three of the show, right? Yes. So that's why it was very popular. Also, we had a phone line at that point. We had a phone line for a while, so people could just call in. I was calling out area code numbers as people were calling in to let them know that they were on the air. But the thing that set the fourth segment free-for-all off all on its own, a unique piece of show history and just broadcast medium history in general is the fact that the four-segment free-for-all was hosted by Harry Carey, <laughs> Hall of Fame baseball announcer for the Chicago Cubs. He took over, he ran the segment, and this is a, I don't know, Look back at that portion of time, uh, you know, winning prizes on the show, not unique. It's happened for years, but this was done in a time when I thought perhaps I was pulling off a fairly accurate impersonation of Will Ferrell, who was doing his impersonation of Harry Carey. This wasn't my direct impersonation of Harry Carey. It was me doing an impersonation of Will Ferrell doing an impersonation of Harry Carey. You can be the judge of how good or bad the impersonation is or was. You can also be the judge of how good the comedic value of this particular bit that John has seg uh, sectioned out is. Is it time to bring the four-segment free-for-all back? That might be the question that we ask in the YouTube poll next week because everybody loves free stuff. And I'm not sure what percentage of you love really bad impersonations, but maybe we will. Could it be time to bring it back? Maybe so. Are you excited? How do I am? Okay. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again that might be lost in the archives now, remember, the show that you're going to hear on Friday was 12 years ago. And we were doing live shows for three years before that, if you can believe it. Three years and a month, almost, to the day. Remember, live show started 2708, and this is March 8th, 2011. So three years and a month plus one day of three years into the show at that point, believe it or not. I mean, this show's been around forever. Anyway, if you want to hear a show or a segment or an interview, email john, J-O-N, at the BBQ Central Show. 
dot com and let him know what you would like to hear. He'll do his best to meet your expectation. As I mentioned in the first hour, this weekend, Saturday, Saturday, I'm going to be attending my favorite destination across the nation, Louisville, Kentucky, to spend 24 hours at the 2023 HPB Expo, which is put put on by the HPBA, the Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association. I have some appointments lined up with top men and women in the industry to do some interviews, plan on meeting some folks in person that I've had on the show over the past few years, maybe hunt down some real big sponsors. My question to you is this, who do you want me to go talk to and get interviews and videos from? There will be a number of bonus content episodes coming up after this is done. Yes, so be on the lookout for those as they're released over the next month or so as I get them edited down and ready for the podcast feed. But let me know who you would like to hear from, who you'd like me to get video from, what questions you would like me to ask a manufacturer of a grill or accessory, whatever. As long as they're in attendance, I will try to get some time with them and ask questions. But again, I do have some meetings that are starting to happen fairly rapidly here over the beginning of the week, but I'll be available for communication with you to hear your feedback. Hit me up on email or through direct message. LinkedIn, my LinkedIn account is going really well at BBQ Central Show on LinkedIn. Follow me there or whatever you do on LinkedIn. Before we get to Sam the Cooking Guy, I will talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa has something for every type of outdoor cook. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit, and in backyards. Also, owners of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, check out Granny's. Tired of what's already out there? Want something new? Want a great base sauce that you can trick out? Granny's is the perfect one. Want a great sauce that's good right out of the bottle? Granny's is really good, too. Aside from the rubs and sauces, they're selling cookers. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know what grill you might want, call them and ask questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. And we are back with Sam, the cooking guy, right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or professional, definitely cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My next guest is a YouTube cooking sensation and over 3.49 million of you are subscribed to the YouTube channel as of March 4th, 2023. Winner of many Emmys, a Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer and somebody I love to talk Food and life with your pal and mine, because I'm nice this time. Sam, the cooking guy. Sam, I'm going to ask you a YouTube question Greg, right off the bat. Go ahead. I have a question for you. Go ahead. Is YouTube growth slowing for the channel? For us? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Why? I think it's pretty common, though. From Wait, why? Yes. 
Uh, I think it's like anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a new burger store opens in your uh, your town. Uh, a new supermarket. It's fancy. It's glossy. It gets a lot of attention. People go and um, and then, of course, there's the sort of a natural drop off. You can't continue to like go at a meteoric <laughs> rise. You know, when we first started this, the the smartest YouTube people we knew said, look, you guys are experiencing some remarkable growth right now. Mm. Just don't know or just don't expect that it will uh, can always continue because it can't. So I when mean, other you, people that I watch. When do you, when, when, do you, uh, when do they tell you oh, to start shit. seeing it stem? Oh, I, I don't know that or, I remember them saying there's a point at which you you should expect it to sort of level off. Mm. Um, but I think what's important is the, is, you know, the engagement that we have with our viewers. That's an important consideration when it comes to YouTube because people watching is one thing. Eyeballs on your stuff is one thing. But people that consistently watch that support your sponsors, that kind of stuff. That that's the shit that's kind of important. Mm-hmm. It's more important, honestly. So, so are we the biggest audience? Uh, do we have the biggest audience out there? Absolutely not. Do we have a loyal following? Absolutely. Do do people buy the things that we want to sell? Do they support our sponsors? Hundred uh, percent. Mm-hmm. It's why it's why the sponsors come back to us on a regular basis and um and um yeah so i love your questions man i have a question though okay you said i'd love to talk food and life with yes about me yeah if you could only choose one what would it be food or life Life. talk to me about it's not even it's not even a question i would rather talk life what about you good boy good boy that's what i like would you rather choose would you rather talk food or life with me Uh, I think I'd rather talk uh, life with you. Yeah, all right. I'll take that. Well, because, you know what? Here's the deal. You're, you're not a um, Southern Southern Californian of, you know, sort of my relative genre. You don't do the things that I do normally. You know, one of the first Cooking Guy cruises, maybe this will make sense of it. One of the first Cooking Guy cruises we did was uh mexico there was myself uh, kelly mrs cooking guy and like 60 random people no idea who they were Mm. and the very first night on board we did not go to dinner with everybody we we went to one of the restaurants and ate by ourselves and the person that was on board that was helping coordinate the cruise the next morning said, you know, everybody was like, well, where's Sam and Kelly? Are they not going to hang out with us? Do they not want to hang out with us? And it's not that we didn't want to. It's that I, I guess somehow we thought that maybe we didn't need to. I, I don't know what it was. Hmm. We were very uh, naive. So we went the next night at dinner to the giant dining room and we sat with everybody. I mean, there was a whole bunch of tables. We liked it so much that each night we sat at a different table, different people. Mm-hmm. And we came home and a friend of mine said, how was the cruise? And I told him, he goes, dude, come on, be fucking honest with me. <laughs> You're telling me you liked hanging out with completely random, foreign, stranging, stranger people that you've never met and listen to whatever their stories are. I said, 100 fucking percent. <laughs> I would rather go on a cruise with people I don't know that I have nothing to do with, then go on a cruise with a bunch of my age or YouTube cooking people and, and talk cooking. I don't care about that. I want to learn things about people that I don't know. I want to learn about things that I don't know. And that was the fun part for me. And that's why I like talking to you because we're not the same. We have different lives. We have different shit going on. Yeah. And I learn things when I talk to you. We talk about food. We talk about food. Everybody can make a burger or a steak or, you know, whatever. 
use a fucking stick burner, that kind of shit. But no, I can't use a stick burner. I don't have one. But what's interesting is the is the 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 male thinking, how we relate in our families, how the kids get along, the things that's the the important stuff in life. It really is. Have you made a concerted effort to not swear as much or bleep more than you did in the beginning of Sam the Cooking Guy uh, videos after you got out of live stuff? I don't think so. Um, this uh, well, I think YouTube's this, a little. I think wait, I think YouTube's a little more sensitive these days, uh, which which causes us to be a little bit more sensitive. This clip says otherwise. I don't think you can First time in the show, it's uh, Sam Zion. Sam, the cooking guy. Sam, how are you, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing, Greg? Fuck face. Fuck face. Fuck face. Fuck face. Fuck face. <laughs> shit. Fucking. Fuck it. Really fucking good. Fucking. 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 Fuck it. Shit. That you, shit. Fucking. Shit. Shit. Shitty. Fuck it. Fucking. Fuck up. Oh, fuck. No shit. 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 Hey, y'all. Fucking. Hey, y'all. Shit. <laughs> shit happens. Shit. Fucking. Shit. Fucking all of shit. Fucking. There he is. Sam. First, Wait, that was, first ever that interview. Was, that, was that was all you. Well, I mean, there were some me, but most of that was you on the first interview ever on the show. I don't. Holy crap. <laughs> holy fucking shit crap. I don't even. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Balls. I don't. I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't think maybe I'm mellowing. <laughs> I don't know why that would have been. <laughs> Damn it, man! I just love playing. Oh, nice, that was very, that was cute. I Last month that. we missed you. Yep. You were really under the full court press of getting this oh. latest book done. You had mentioned off air that the gun. this was perhaps more cumbersome or more of an effort than you recall on any other previous books. Why? No, not perhaps a hundred percent. Um, this is a grilling book, grilling, barbecue, smoking. Mm. So the things take, you know, so much longer. I mean, I'm putting briskets and, and, and shoulders on at fucking midnight (laughs) and hoping they all work out. And they did. The brisket was amazing. That's in the book, uh, that will be in the book, but everything is just you know the last book was burgers dogs sandwiches uh uh uh, burritos and tacos and i can make a dozen tacos there you go in no time burgers (laughs) not much longer than that burritos take a little bit sandwiches not that much but i can make it and then hand it to lucas barbieri my uh, the photographer that i've used for the fast past three books and he does beautiful stuff with it. We maybe talk a little bit, but in general, you're, you're you're taking a picture of a burger. There's not too much you can do with that. But now I'm, you know, I'm doing a steak. I'm 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 smoking a, a you know a nine pound prime rib. I'm I'm doing beef back ribs or or whatever I'm doing. So now we're getting shots of the stuff in mid cook on the grill, flames below then after how it looks and that kind of stuff and it's just it was a lot and it so the last two books we did like six days each we're now i think we're now day nine we've Mm. done nine days and we have yet to shoot the cover we're doing that on uh on thursday that's going to be a tough act to follow given between the buns cover yeah, between the buns cover was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so I don't. Tr- I'm not trying to top it. I'm just trying to do something you know unique, interesting, and um, and it will be fun. Look, I love the picture taking process. I heard uh, uh, Meathead tell you that he took his own all his own pictures. Yes, he does. Uh, I've not photo seen. Painting. I've not seen a Meathead. I've not seen a meathead uh, book to see the pictures, but is his work good? Well, I mean, he because uh, I know he's Lucas got his master's. Work is he's got his master's in photography. Well, it doesn't mean anything. Well, I, I mean, are you the are you the only? Well, you person? can have a master's in, in. Is that meathead calling you, you right now to take issue with you? 
No. no. You can have a master's in history and be a, yeah. a fucking idiot about history. I'm not saying he's an idiot. I'm just saying just because he has a master's. The proof is in the pudding, buddy. Are you? Uh, what are his pictures like? Are you what the only person that like? doesn't have Meathead's first book? I don't have Meathead's first book. What? How dare you? Does everybody else have it? All right. That's Sam the Cooking okay, Guy, everybody. Go good evening. Have a good evening. Wait, so, I got to go. <laughs> so wait are, you wait, are you telling me that Meathead's um, he does his own photography. Uh, first book was his own photography? Yes. In that book too? Yeah, that, now, that first now one? He's, now he's experimenting. I think he calls it light painting where he he shoots probably long exposure i don't know anything about uh camera so yeah. forgive me but i assume there's like some yeah, long yeah. exposure then he's got a uh, supplemental light and he's like shining it around the areas that he wants and he sent me some pictures one yeah, time good. i'm not allowed to show them because i'm sure it's under some type of nda but i mean i don't i'm no picture taker but it seemed pretty impressive to me well, I sent you a couple pictures the other day, and like without getting into the topic of what was on the, it, what was in the picture, you have to admit those were pretty fucking beautiful. They shots. are great shots, absolutely, no doubt. And 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 meatheads are like twenty times better than those. No, I, I, his his camera work would be book worthy. You wouldn't look at it and go, sure. oh, what did he do? She I was be the pictures. judge of that. All right. Well, I, I mean, there's no the reason to be so that. critical or so cynical of Meathead. When the, I'm not being critical yet. I'm just, listen, I'm just nothing to do with his name. Look, all I'm going to say is this. When the book comes out, if the book comes out, yes. and I know you say it's definitely coming out, but I, apparently there's a lot of people that wonder whether it's actually going to come When the book comes out, <laughs> I will look at the pictures and I will tell you what I think. Right. Here's what I know. Oh. I know what I do well, yeah. and I can't do everything well. I do not take my own pictures. And I appreciate the fact that he does his own stuff. If it's great, good. If it's not great, then uh, I will be the judge of that. Sam the Cooking Guy joining us. YouTube Poll of the Week. How much would you spend on a freestanding flat-top cooker? 300 to $499. dollars Eight hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Can't I can't get through the poll? Oh, I mean, sorry. This is my ahead. show. Just relax. Let me lead you down the primrose path, I'm Mrs. Bueller. Sorry. Go ahead. Three hundred to four ninety-nine. Five hundred to six ninety-nine. Seven hundred to a yeah. thousand. Or, bro, this is barbecue. There is no budget. Look, Answer I, I know you're going with this. No, you don't. Everybody knows where you're going with this. Of course. No, Look, you, no, you don't because we, I we have, have answers. A, listen, listen, li listen. We have a black stone at uh, the Little Italy Food Hall. Yeah. By the way, I'm repping the sweatshirt right now. All right. Move the mic. There you go. Little Italy Food Hall. I'll be doing a demo uh, two nights from now, Thursday night. I'll be making uh, fried rice pancakes mm. on the Blackstone. Yeah. And it's it's a good, it's a nice piece of equipment. I've used the Camp Chef. Yeah. I think a Camp Chef is, is, is nice. I've used both of those. I have never used the Traeger flat rock that is sitting in my backyard brand new yeah. that has been seasoned but not been used yet mm -hmm. that will be... Uh, ready it's it's being readied for a youtube video march 23rd all right so i can't compare it yet i've only seasoned it but i'll tell you one of the things that i like about it that i will say in the video is it's it's essentially a closed system there is look at you make a face like you have a a hard on for Traeger, and I don't mean in a what good way. What are you talking about? I don't mean in a good you way. You just went on for three minutes face. disclaimer about what? how you haven't used it, and now you're going to talk to me about what you like about it. Don't say anything you don't, I'm don't say, say anything one thing about that it. I like, I'm going to say one thing I like about it. All right. I can say this. It's a closed system. That I've noticed. So you can't, wind is not going to blow the F out of the flames. Okay, I, talked to, well, Reed, I talked to Malcolm Reed. I talked to Malcolm Reed last, last say? first hour. I said, what have you been Go hearing? Because all of a sudden I'm hearing about Blackstone, the wind rushes underneath and it blows out. Five years 
of Blackstone being in business, maybe longer than that, and owning the market. I never heard one dick about somebody having their Blackstone blowout because of the wind. Never. He's never, never had, had any look, issue I've with I've never it. had the Blackstone blowout. Right. I'm just telling you, if there's wind, it's accessible. It, it opens itself up. All right. I've done a lot of outdoor cooking with burners and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I cooked one. It doesn't matter where I cook. I've had to build shelters around the stuff to keep the flames from being uh, diminished from the wind. So Malcolm Reed says one thing. I say one thing. Go, you love Malcolm Reed more because you hate Traeger. <laughs> I don't hate Traeger. You have Jeremy Anders on. Tell, say oh, to Jeremy God. Anders, I'm interviewing you, but I hate right. your company. I want you to say that to him. Oh, yeah? Because I think that's true. You want to dare me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah? Okay. I do. You say got it. it. All right. I'll, okay. I'll do it. Believe me. Thank you. It'll be the last time he's on the show. Anyway, you've you've done well at not answering the question. Do you have an answer? What was the question? What was your question? How much what would you I spend pay? on a freestanding grill? Three to four ninety nine, five to six ninety nine, seven hundred to a thousand, or there is no budget in barbecue? Of course there's a budget in barbecue. I don't know. I mean <laughs> I mean, this is the easiest question on the face of the earth. Bl who's hotter, Blanche I, I, Devereaux I or Dorothy <laughs> Dorothy Spagnola from the Golden Girls is a harder question than this one. Listen, I've not fucking cooked on it, so I don't know if an $899 you, flat top is better you're than... You're a consumer. If I'm throwing prices out at you, you know what a flat top is? Holding what you have in the barn for free aside... What do you Listen, what's I have your a $4,500. Look, I cook on a $4,500 <sighs> Evo almost uh, every week. Yeah. And I love it. Yes. Would I go buy it again? Uh, uh, maybe. I think you would. But I tell people, huh? I think you would. I tell people, it's. Listen, listen, my friend. I tell people, it's not that it's an Evo and that it's round and it has two distinct cooking areas two distinct zones yes, yes. middle outside it's that it's flat and cooking on the flat is the best part of it even though it's, it's slightly yeah. con uh, convex but that being said <laughs> nothing was, nothing has been said that's, the that's what i'll pay i don't All know right I don't by the know. way by the way I can't give you an 78% of voters on the YouTube poll of the week are saying that they would spend between 300 and 499 for a freestanding flat top cookers. 9% say between 5 and 699. 4% are lying at 700 to $1000 and 9% are the worst liars lying? in the Why world. Would they be lying? I'm kidding. And because it's Traeger, you no, hate them. 9% are saying that there is no budget in barbecue, so spend as you will. How about that? Well, that's not true. So of course there's a budget. You are falling into the majority, that, which I think is probably the right answer because, look, there's a lot of... I, I still think there's going to be more entrance, believe it or not, into the freestanding flat top category as the year wears on. Maybe three, four, or more uh, OEMs that we have not seen enter into this market are going to get into it, and we'll see who can claw back some of that market share from Blackstone. Which seems to name be a couple of like them quick. Name a couple of those OEMs quick that haven't been in yet, or that are yes, uh, Charbroil. No, that are you said. There's a few more coming in. Sure. Uh, I'm guessing. Sure, Sorry, I would I, guess uh, Charbroil, Napoleon. I would guess. Go ahead. Uh, next grill just came out with one, of course. Um, yes. uh, that's all I got right off the top of my head. Maybe Saber, maybe Masterbuilt, maybe Char Griller. Heard of Saber? Yeah. What? What's Char? What is Saber? Yeah, well, they're Sabre? all they're part of a parent, uh, bigger parent conglomerate. So, yeah, never heard so of just it. Just thinking off the top what of is, my head here, uh, without doing a lot of due diligence. But I'll know better know. too. Look, here's the thing: at the HPB Expo this coming week. Yes, you will. Yes. Listen, until I cook on this thing, I yep. can't tell you if this is the one that I would buy. Uh, of course you can't. You do I like the it. way it looks? Or, no. I'm agreeing Do I with like you. the way it looks? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Just stop it. Do I like that? I know it's your show. Do I like the way it looks? Yes. Do I like the way it, 
feels does it feel like quality does it feel better than the than the the one we use down at the food yes it does it feels better than that it feels more quality than that <laughs> i haven't used it i don't know i don't know if the system that they say separates the heat so you get you can have three absolutely yep. distinct systems i don't know what malcolm reed probably said uh, he doesn't believe in that, and so that's what you believe. So I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, can't you know, agree I am with that. 48 years old, one. and I can make my own goddamn decisions. Also, but you're making a decision based on having never used it. Oh, you're making a decision you. based on what Malcolm oh, Reed said. Look, uh, again, uh, I'm the what king. What if Malcolm Reed become the god of flat top? I'm the really? king of the industry. You were the one telling me to come off my high chair when I told you that uh, activated charcoal rub was played. I'm telling you that in the time I have seen freestanding flat top cookers in this market, there are a whole bunch of this is what's bad with flat top cookers that are just being trotted out now over the last three months that have never can been tell, trotted can I tell out you something for the last about my five years. Can I, can I tell you something? Quickly, about my I have to go. I have another guest. Where do you go? Then go. See ya. I'll see you next month. No, please finish. No, here's here's what happens on a regular basis with my Blackstone. All right, not my Blackstone. It's down at the Little Italy Food Hall. Yeah, uh, the Blackstone that you hate there, cooking on. A, I don't hate cooking on. I mean, it, it, it seems it like gets you do. A, you listen. You turn it on. <laughs> I hate it as much as you hate Traeger. Apparently, you turn it on and you get like no. You get flame, but hardly any flame. Yeah. And what you have to do when you realize it's not heating up, this has happened to me now numerous times. And so numerous for me is, is three or more. So maybe three or four times. You have to turn it off. You have to disconnect the gas hose from the tank. Oh. Then put it back on and then start again. Wow. There's some kind of air block, air lock that happens. Hmm. And it's not being disconnected. Something happens and you get no heat. You get flame, but it's like a dinky little flame. Sam, can we bring in an expert? Yes. But Joining us now is the smartest man currently in live fire. Of course, it is Chris Young. Now, hey, Chris, how's uh, doing tonight? Stand, stand by here just for one second, Chris. I got to yep. adjust my four-way here just so we can make sure we all see each other here properly now in the meantime four chris way. you've been Jesus sitting Christ. uh you've been sitting here in the in the queue waiting to uh go and do you have a a, a price of freestanding flat top that you would pay for ridiculous fucking pull i mean it's it's uh how good is it um, I'm, I'm willing to spend more than most people, but for a Blackstone, something at that quality, no, just, um, just, just in general, like you're, you're a consumer, you know, that there's options in the market. You're a, a purchaser. Um, doesn't matter what anybody else would spend. What's your gut telling you is a good price on a flat top cooker freestanding freestanding, uh, flat top griddle. Yeah. If it's everything I want it to be under a thousand, under a thousand. All right. Oh, look at that. Oh, that fucks up all of your statistics, no, no, Greg. That's, he, Chris. You have to hate Chris Young now, so just hang up on Chris. <laughs> no. Because he did not give no. you the answer that you wanted. No. he. I no. know the answer you want. You want $250 to $299. Just admit it. No, that's not true. You want the, you want the furthest number away from the Traeger because you do not like Traeger. It's obvious you drip. Your loathe of all, all right, Sam, turn the camera around. Is Jeremy Andrus sitting right there behind the camera and he's paying you <laughs> to salaciously drag you. me across listen, the mud? Unbelievable. Listen, just let the people uh, respond. Let's do a new YouTube poll. Does Greg like Traeger or does Greg not like Traeger? Sam, There's I have, your poll. I have a Traeger Let's Timberline say. 850 in my backyard. Doesn't matter that you have it. I love it. It's a great cooker. I've no, had no problems yes, with it. I'm a fan. You love your Traeger Timberline. Yeah. But do you love the company? Do you love what they've done with their more expensive pellet smokers that have come out? I don't have any issue with Traeger 
the company you have and their an products. issue with them because i could because uh, of uh, uh, their dominance over their patent issue that's your problem sure i can have and an that issue. is colored I, a lot of how no, you feel no, about them no i don't have an yes it has a go oh, come on don't say it hasn't it has of I, course i certainly have no issue with any products that they offer period how fun is this Chris? period end of story i have no problem with any of their products period end of story how they conduct business is completely separate. That's it. It's completely separate oh, no, from that. No, it is not because of that colors it is. everything. No, Chris, it colors way in, you're somebody you created so uh, Jewel. Yeah. Uh, you've created the Chef Steps. Uh, you know, you're very successful in business. Can can somebody like products from a company, but then also be at uh, at odds with how they do business? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Except you. <laughs> no, except you. That colors everything. But I yes, just said it. It colors everything oh, you do. But Come why on. aren't you listening? Uh, Whatever you trigger, you're you're edging for people to go. No, I fucking hate it. No, I don't like. Chris, it. do you have any thoughts I mean, on Traeger as a company? I mean, they're look, stealing Traeger's, the patents. Tra Traeger's, Traeger's, Traeger's my biggest competitor, right? Yeah, they own Meter. Right. Um, I'm I'm in the smart thermometer space now. Meter's the 800 pound gorilla and has all the benefits of Traeger. And you know, Traeger by by reputation, even when I was running Chef Steps, they're a very good, very aggressive marketing company. Yes. I am have historically been underwhelmed with their products. I don't think they're a great product company. Um, there's a lot of companies that are great product companies that are terrible at marketing. We never hear from them. Do I think Traeger is aggressive in business? Absolutely. I think if you look at the yes. people who are involved in Traeger, they are, they are elbows out aggressive players. And I understand that in business, it's it's not how I particularly like to conduct my business. So I think it's that, but I also understand why people like their products. I think they make very, you know, for the average person, I think they make great products and I get why people like them. So I think you can separate mm -hmm. who they are as a company, which most of us don't spend that much time thinking about and, and who they are with products. Um, you know, I think their products are fine, but not particularly great. Sam, this has been inspired conversation. Great. And I can yes. only hope that we find such revelry again in April. And by the way, Chris, I have one of your uh, thermometers. Oh, fantastic. Uh -oh. Well, thank you. Are we, um, I, are we I, talk I, about I that, Sam? I hope you're having a good experience with it so far. I, honestly, I haven't really used it yet. I feel <laughs> what? I, feel I, bought, I bought it when I first started I hearing about Odyssey. it. <laughs> Well, what can I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Right. No, I haven't no, I used the, the fucking flat rock. I haven't, I haven't used yours. Uh, but when I first heard about it, I went and I bought it. I was excited oh, I to use that. it. And I just haven't really had the, the right, the right chance. My stupid phone. Haven't had the right chance to use it yet, but I will. Well, if you got any I will, questions, because I like any suggestions, I like, like reach out. Let me let me know. I'm on yeah. Twitter, email, yeah, thanks, all of those thanks, things. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All right, Sam. Yeah, thank I will you. not go through fucking Rempy because Rempy is a no. pain in the ass. Yes, you're damn and he's right. He's difficult and he has an agenda. Very, I, I am working any and all agendas. Let's be honest. Of course, <laughs> uh, Sam. Always appreciate the time. Thank you, my friend. Great. Nice to chat with you. Yes. Sam. All right, there's Sam. So we're gonna hold Chris here. And appreciate you being thrown into the gauntlet well, there. Well, that's, the, that, that's the monthly uh, marital therapy there? What is that? Yeah, wow. I mean, <laughs> for some reason, he thinks I, I couldn't. I think I was determining that he thinks I don't like Traeger's products, but that is not true. I'm a big fan of the products. Again, it uh, just goes to maybe me not being a fan of some of their business practices. But uh, again... People are going to run businesses how they're going to run businesses, and some people are going to dig it. Some people aren't, and that's just the way it is, and uh, we will continue on from there. Here we have Chris Young, who is coming out of the bullpen tonight to help me close the show. He is the creator of Combustion Inc., or you can find him on the web at combustion.inc. So before we talk about the latest from Combustion Inc., Chris, the last time you were on the show... There were issues with the initial release. You were getting some things. You were testing quality control, and I guess they weren't meeting your specific uh, quality assurance test. How does it resolve itself, and when do they actually get into the hands of folks? Well, so everybody who uh, pre-ordered has theirs. Um, we were briefly in stock for about exactly 
48 hours oh. on February 19th, wow. and then we sold out. So I think we are running about a two-week back order right now. Um, but we are shipping, uh, and the quality is, you know, we, we've, we've gone through the early manufacturing teething pains. That was, you know, some people had had turkey for Thanksgiving. Some people had Christmas and took vacations. I dealt with factories. That, that was my holiday. Um, but those have, have worked themselves out, and the early feedback from the uh, – the thousands of customers who very patiently, why we slogged through six months of delays, has been great. Um, you know, not without some bugs, not without some flaws that we've been quickly patching. But you know, I feel like we delivered on the prom- product we promised. Um, you know, there's there's always things that uh, you know I would I would like to keep tweaking, but people are happy, and I think we delivered a great product. So I'm pretty happy these days. Through the lag time, did you experience any significant cancellations, or did people remain pretty patient? None. I think. I think. Uh, uh, without giving too much detail, I think we had a total of twelve cancellations for the six months of delays. I mean, we had we had people upset. Like they, I get it. They wanted their thermometer. We said we'd be shipping it in the summer. We missed grilling season, and we, you know, we were, you know, everybody in Europe basically didn't get theirs till after the holidays because of shipping weather delays, customs delays, on and on. So I get, I get why people were frustrated, but they didn't cancel. We made some pretty big promises, and uh, you know, as as I've said before, we didn't do a Kickstarter. You know, we didn't get people's money and then we could walk away and never deliver. That I, I was a hundred, you know, and, and the company's owned by me. It's it's me backing this. Um, I was a hundred percent at risk. If everybody asked for their money back, I guess that we would have had to give it back, and the credit card companies would have put me out of business with all the the chargebacks. So, you know, it's always sort of nerve wracking. Of is everybody going to cancel? And then when you do ship it. Are they going to like it? Like, you know, we've been heads down for two and a half years. We think it's pretty great, but you never really know until you get thousands and thousands of people saying, actually, this is pretty great or saying it's really great, but I wanted to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's almost better where, you know, they're never fully satisfied and they want this to be the earth, moon and sun. And they're telling us where we should, where we should go next, what features we should be building in the software, what we should be doing in the app and you know, we have a lot of great stuff coming out this month and next month uh, that I think uh, will really continue to make the, the the app a great experience too. How much pressure was on you, or how much pressure did you feel since you mentioned this was not a Kickstarter or, or crowdfunded yeah. in any way? You're footing the bill. Was there a yeah. lot of pressure on you internally to make sure that you were delivering a product to these folks as quickly as possible, but also? delivering on the expectation that you had told them uh, how this product was going to perform? Uh, yeah, I, it's a bit of a tricky answer. I've, I've been involved in some pretty high-pressure, high-profile projects. Um, modernist Cuisine's over my shoulder there. I obviously did the Jewel Sous Vide Circulator. So this was not my first rodeo of doing something that was really ambitious. And I, and I think, thankfully, because if I hadn't had those experiences, I think the combination of supply chain issues and COVID and all of that probably would have would have crushed a less experienced version of me. But I think the the main thing is, you know, I put my name on this. I stake my reputation on everything I've ever done. You know, it's my name on the, on that book, whether, you know, people spent 500 bucks for that book, like it or not like it, that's on me. Um, and, and Nathan, in that case, same thing with Jewel. And, and now with Combustion and Combustion has, you know, all of those other things had a co-author or an investor behind it. This is, this is me betting, that I can deliver work that people will love, that people will value, that people, you know, we're a premium product. So will people, you know, will we deliver the value at the price we've offered it? Um, yeah, that's a fair amount of pressure. There were some dark moments of like, are we going to, October was miserable. Are we going to work this out? Are we going to figure this out? Um, you know, and it's made a lot harder because in normal times, you know, the supply chain is across Asia, like a lot of modern supply chains are. And there's a lot of things where if you could get on a plane and get in the factory and get there with the people putting it together, you could solve something in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's you have a Zoom call, then they FedEx something and it gets to you in a week and you look at it and you have another call and you send stuff back. And so like things that would have been figured out in a couple of days in, in a factory stretched out to weeks and weeks and weeks. And you know, you're, it's costing you money and customers are getting angry. I would, I would say that um, I'm not looking to repeat the fall of 2022 again, anytime soon. But, um, you know, we have a good way of forgetting this kind of trauma once you get it out there, <laughs> once you hear people liking it. Cause that's the only way you'd ever do this again. It's like having kids. You know, if you, if you, if you forgot like what a big pain in the ass it was when you're changing diapers and dealing with poo at two in the morning, you'd never do it again. But 
you kind of block that out and go, you know, sex is pretty fun. And all of a sudden you got two or three kids. No doubt. Chris Young joining us here from Combustion Inc., the website combustion.inc. If you want to check it out as we're talking here. So there's a new updated part of the Combustion Inc. predictive thermometer, which has a smart device slash app component now associated with it to tell us all about it. Yeah. So when we launched, uh, we sh- we were only selling the thermometer with the thermometer and uh, the display, which which you've got pulled up there. Um, and you know, we we thought that was an experience where we wanted to get away from having to use the food in the kitchen when your hands are covered in goo. But you know, there's time where you're not going to be around the food. You might be watching the game. You've got something on the barbecue. Or you want to look at a lot of rich data. You want to look at graphs. You want to you want to be able to you know really nerd out on the detail. And that's really where a mobile app is actually the better experience. We always had a mobile app experience, but our priority was getting the connectivity rock solid, getting the precision measurements rock solid, getting the algorithms working really well. Once we got through that, we had more time to start putting into the iOS and the Android apps. We've been shipping updates. Uh, we shipped one earlier this week, and we have a big one coming in about one week that has graphing that has the ability to add photos, to label your thermometers. And, and so now we're, we're saying you can really choose. If you're somebody who doesn't want to cook with a phone, or you know, th- then the display is for you. But if you're happy just to have a thermometer or you want to get a second or a third or a fourth thermometer, or mm. frankly, an unlimited number, the, the app can handle as many as you want, then the app is a really great, the free app is a really great experience. So we just started selling standalone thermometers. We s- immediately sold out and we're about two weeks of back order, but, uh, it's good problems to have, right? So, uh, and that's at a more affordable price point. You know, the display and thermometer together are one ninety nine. The standalone thermometer is is one forty nine, um, which we know is still a premium product, but we think it's very unique technology. Uh, instant chat coming in from the barbecue show asking if it will melt if it gets over no. five seventy five. No, so that is not a plastic handle. That is a ceramic, glazed ceramic handle. You can scrub it with stainless steel to get all the smoke off and clean it back up to that really bright, high visibility yellow. Um, the the internal components are the same reason you'll see a Thermalworks thermometer. Things tend to max out at 300 C, 572. Lots of things don't like solder circuit boards, they, they hate temperatures above that. Um, the ceramic itself can go to 1200 degrees and it's a good insulator. It can withstand the occasional flare up or a really hot searing grill. Um, the maximum temperature for the sensors is 572. Uh, but I will tell you, even on some of the hottest grills, my big green egg, uh, uh, you know, a Weber that I've, a Weber charcoal kettle that I've modified with a fan for rapid searing, uh, you know, if I'm going to get stupidly hot, I'll take the thermometer out because I'm only going to be on there 30 seconds. But most of the time, it's a non-issue. It's not going to melt. What else can you do within the confines of this business? Now you have predictive thermometers with displays. Now you don't have to have the display. You can just use yeah. your smartphone. Is this just something where you're going to be adding more thermometering within the business? Or is this just a area to jump off and grow? I think there's a couple things. So there... Is as wonderful as this thermometer is. There's other th- there's other form factors. There's other uses for measuring temperature. Where you know all of that foundational wor- work we did, where connectivity that just works, smart algorithms, all of that. You know, I have the point of view that measuring the temperature in the kitchen or out on the on the patio is one of the ways to level up your cooking, to bring consistency, to bring a level of control. And in some ways, you know, the outside cooking space has lagged behind technologies like sous vide and stuff at home. So there are some more obvious paths we should go down with temperature sensors. But more generally, I tend to think there's a lot of opportunities of bringing more measurements, bringing more sensors together and combining them to make it easier to actually cook a great meal. And so, you know, this is a bit of a launching off point of looking at all of these appliances out there that can get hot but they're too stupid to know when to turn on or off. And so can we bring that kind of technology? Can we combine it with smart machine learning math to be able to you know, help you cook a better brisket? And that, that's, that's the vision I'm excited to go build. You know, I'm, I suppose I'm a customer of one, but hopefully some other people find that interesting too. I mean, you're a pretty smart guy here. You've created a product that is perhaps the, the leader of the class of wireless thermometering. I think people love the concept of meter, but they're 
pretty disenchanted with a lot of its actual operation. You know, good in idea, but maybe a little flawed in execution as it gets out there. And it took forever to get out there. Yours now out seems to be performing well. Have you been approached by other companies either looking to partner with you or saying, hey, uh, we like where you're at now and let's gobble you up and offer you a check before you get way too big? So uh, there's, those are two questions. Uh, the, the first answer is I, I certainly hope to have some interesting partnerships to announce later this year. Um, I, I would love to say more about that, but it's not really my call to, to make those kind of announcements. Um, but needless to say, I think there's a lot of appliance companies that recognize the value of a wireless thermometer, of measuring what's actually happening inside the food to not overcook your chicken, to not over you know roast your prime rib. Uh, in terms of the, have we been, have, have people offered to buy me? Uh, yes. Mm. And I am, 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 am happy to be in the position of being able to say no. I'm having a lot of fun running my company. I enjoy doing it on my terms. And I'm not really a great corporate kind of guy. I tend to like to do the projects the way I like to do them. I have a vision of how things should work. Sitting in meetings, um, uh, and you know, discussing budgets all day, or having lots of back and forth with what marketing thinks—that's not—that's not what I really would like to spend my time doing. Are you not a serial entrepreneur in the fact of somebody that you know you wrote the book and you did really well at it? You did Jewel, you were able to sell it. Uh, now you have mm -hmm. this. Somebody could easily look at it and say you're a guy that you could sell Combustion Inc. and now you're going to be building another company and maybe sell that as well. I mean, look, you, you never say never. And, and, and there, are certain, there are certain stages of a company, and combustion could be a company like that, where you reach a level that to go further, you need more scale. You, you need the support of a much bigger company. And you sit there and go, well, I could try to get there organically, but I may never get there. It's really risky. I've got to, I've got to invest way too much of my money. And, and that might make sense someday. Um, on the other hand, you know, I think one of the things I learned about sh uh, my last company, Jewel and Chef Steps, where we were 100 people on four continents, is, you know, be careful what you wish for. Running a, a fairly big, complicated company with that many employees, like it becomes a different kind of job. Mm. And I am right now at the stage with a company like Combustion where it's smaller, it's it's a great team of people, um, and we're having a lot of fun. And I'm not willing to give that up for any amount of money. But if at some point to allow my colleagues to have uh, uh, better opportunities, to allow the company to grow in more interesting directions, it might make sense, but not right now. I'd asked you how much you would spend on a freestanding flat top cooker. <laughs> You're somebody that keeps their finger on the pulse of the live fire community. Yep. Flat top cooking is not new, as I had mentioned in the first hour. Yep. It's, you know, I've been tracking it five, six years now. It's probably been around longer than that. But it does seem to be more in vogue than it ever has been. A lot of the grill manufacturers are coming out with their own freestanding ones. Weber came out with one two weeks ago. The next day after Weber's, it was Traeger's. Next Grill's out with one. And you know a whole bunch have followed either before or some will follow after that. I'm assuming I'll see some new ones that are going to be released at the HPB Expo in Louisville this coming weekend that I'm going to be going to. What's your thought on flat top cooking in general? I mean, look, as somebody who worked as a professional chef, you're right. It's not new. If you've ever, you know, anybody who's been a short order cook making tuna melts has been using flat tops for, for forever. And, you know, in, in the professional world, you know, they're incredibly versatile, right? You know, the number of the, you know, you, you think about how many dishes you're not washing. Think about how many meals you can prepare in parallel and have one or two guys working this really big surface. So, so I always, you know, when Blackstone came out with it, it always made a ton of sense to me. And, and it was never going to make a bunch of sense inside the house. People don't have enough ventilation to deal with the amount of smoke and fumes and exhaust you're going to get off a beast like this. Um, but outside, which, you know, we're, we're, I think we're probably the biggest outdoor cooking country in the world. I mean, grills and outdoor cooking dominate. Um, you know, it made a ton of sense. What I think has been disappointing to me, at least on the ones I've gotten to use, and, and to be clear, I have not yet pulled the trigger on bought one for myself, um, you know, but my brother has one. And every time I'm down in, in Colorado using his, I, I, kinda, you know, I, I I'm missing this. Uh, I've been fairly disappointed. I mean, because, you know, these are meant to be fairly budget conscious. And if you've ever used a really professional grade flat top griddle or plancho or whatever you want to call it, depending on what part of the world you're in, you know, they're amazing. 
you know, they're really, really great. And then you use something where, hey, this has got to be brought in for 500 bucks, which means, you know, uh, by the time everybody takes their margin, you know, there's maybe $80, $100 of parts in that at most. Um, They're not very good. They're not as good as what I'm used to as a professional. And that's why when you ask me how much would I be willing to pay? Well, my benchmark is I want something as good as what I used when I was a chef at a three Michelin star restaurant. I want it to be that durable. I want to be able to abuse it. I want it to be rock solid. I want it to be uniform. I want to be able to, you know, scour it clean every night, not warp it. I want it to be flat. I understand as a manufacturer, you know, somebody who manufactures products that all costs money, you know, plate steel, ground down, you know, uniform heating elements, you know, uh, gas burners that aren't going to basically get vapor lock, uh, which I, I, I think I heard some complaints when I came in, you know, that requires not just good engineering, but higher quality parts. And so this is an area where you tend to get what you pay for. If you're going to use it once in a blue moon, get a cheap one. But if this is like your workhorse all summer, hmm. I think it's worth paying more for to, to get a premium one. But, but again, this is my perspective of, I, I invest in my tools, you know, um, I, I, you know, the things I've made haven't been cheap. Jewel was not the cheapest sous vide on the market. I don't make the cheapest thermometer. My, my cookbook like was, you know, eyes were popping at how expensive it was, but you know, that quality of work, that quality of craftsmanship costs money. And it's a trade-off of, do you want to be the cheapest or do you want to be the best? I tend to prefer to choose the best in that color. That, that probably biases my opinions. Well, as we say in the live fire community, buy the best and only cry once. We're talking with Chris Young here from Combustion Inc. The website combustion.inc. If you're looking for a wireless predictive thermometer, this is one that you would want to certainly consider. Chris, always appreciate the time and the insight, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Greg. You have a great night. You got it. It's Chris Young right there. Again, the website combustion. Dot inc. And if you are in for a wireless predictive thermometer, then this is one that you're certainly going to want to check out. Especially compared to what is currently out there in the marketplace, I would imagine the class of the market segment, to say the least. We'll get to where we're ending up with the poll here. So stick around for that. And as we get ready to close the show, since 1991, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association has been the voice of the barbecue and grilling industry by helping members network and learn from proven professionals. The new leader of the organization, Cal Phelps, looks to take the history of this particular NBBQA and move it to new heights into 2023 and beyond. And they started this year off with a bang at that annual conference out there in Orlando. If you are somebody that is in the business of live fire, in the business of barbecue or grilling, you're a caterer, you want to bring a rub to market, you want to bring a sauce to market, you're a brick and mortar restaurant, you want to start doing mobile business, all that stuff. This is an organization that you go on to join and learn from. And I have heard from a number of folks that attended the annual conference a handful of weeks ago that said, hey, Things are changing and doing it for the better, and it's happening very quickly now that the organization is under the firm control of Cal Phelps and the folks over at MBBQA. So join now, take a look at what they're offering on a membership standpoint. And by the way, as they continue to roll out live appearances and different conventions through the course of the year at different locations across the nation. If you can't go to a specific one, if you're a member, they will be videotaping, give you access to audio. So if you miss it, you can get it on replay with your membership. So that's another feature you might want to take advantage of. NBBQA.org is the website. That's NBBQA.org. Learn how approachable the biggest stars in the industry can be. They're members too. MBBQA.org. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Wimpy. And we thank Chris Young from Combustion Inc. for joining us last segment and a quarter. Ran a little along with Sam, mashed Chris and Sam together, had some good back and forth there, and then wound out Chris's segment in his allotted time. The website combustion.inc. And doing wireless predictive thermometers. So if you're interested, go ahead and check that out. 
And we are ready to rock out of here on your late Tuesday, all the way back in the first hour. Malcolm Reed joined us in his normal first Tuesday of the month segment, 14 past the hour. HowToBBQRight.com, his website. And after Malcolm, it was Cigar Talk with our official cigar expert of the Barbecue Central Show, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority's podcast. If you are interested in buying online, the number two guys, cigars.com. Check out all the brands that they have and then hook yourself up. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy, shopstcg.com for all of his knives and pans and shirts and all that stuff. Merch, if you will. I think that's what the kids say, merch. And then closing it out, of course, Chris Young from Combustion Inc. Big show planned for you next week. Meathead will be here, among many others. We will give you a recap of the 2023 HPB Expo, of course. If I get any hot audio that it just needs to be broke on the show Tuesday night, I will do that as well. So plenty of great things showing up here. So how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central.